Ah, uh, woo Tank top titties. That is the name of today's pod. This will probably be episode 124. Uh, by the way, welcome to the Off and Beat podcast. I am your host, Clint Nelson. Uh, before we start today's pod, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, follow the podcast on all apps, and of course, suck some titties. Um, as you probably already read the title, Tank Top Tits Triple T. More like, uh, there's a lot of things that could be three T's. Let's see, you got T, Tommy, and Timmy. T, Tommy, and Timmy. Sounds like a goofy movie type of... If a Goofy were to have three sons, it would be T, Tommy, and Timmy. Timmy! Uh, but yeah, nothing like a good old run on the beach. Haven't done one of those in a good long time in New York City. And it's so underrated, by the way, that there's beaches in New York City, by the way. Uh, but yeah, nothing like when you go... There's nothing weirder than going on vacation, which I haven't been on one in a while, especially on a beach. But uh, no, no weirder than someone on vacation running on the beach with their shirt off in their bare feet, in the sand. Like, there's not glass. Like, there's not turtles. Like, there's not fucking charades of fucking those porcupine looking little spur thingies and we're just and we we just got douchebags out there running barefoot because quote unquote it's a free it's a freeing feeling it's a uh let's see it's resistance it's like working out in sand because you know it's harder yeah it is harder that's why you don't work out in sand unless you're training to be in like the Navy or the Marines and shit where you may have to be around water and you may have to actually train in sand. Otherwise, what the fuck are you doing running bare feet in sand? I don't know. But tank top titties. And look, I'll admit, I'm a little bit of a creep. I like watching if a girl's running on a treadmill or a guy, if it's the right cup size. Um, by the way, I've seen someone bring like a red solo cup and like, you know, typically people have like their own water bottles or just even a regular oily Dasani bullshit water bottle. But no, it's got a red solo cup. It has some red in it. Um, I'm going to assume it was Gatorade, but uh, based off his physique, wouldn't have been surprised if it was a good old punch to the gut. Uh, not like those punch mixed drinks that... They get, it's like, uh, I'll get to you when I get to you. But when I get to you, honey, I'm home. Um, but, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I like watching some nice some nice uh, jugulars shuffling around. Whether you're wearing a shirt or a tank top. It's open game. And honestly, if you're running... It's, it's almost weirder if I avoid looking at the thing that's fucking going up, down, around, sound, lounge. Like, if I'm going commando, hey, it's open season for criticism, for compliments, to eye rolls, to rolling eyes. Or you're literally rolling your eyes just to keep up with it. <laughs> but, I know if I had like a big old rack just you know hey baby got back in the rack 
ribs. Uh, I would think the least of what I would be worried about is if some person is staring at my titties. Like, yeah, I'm looking, baby. And uh, let's just say, made you look. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's a compliment. Uh, yeah, but I do like, uh, I have a thing for like 46-year-old ladies uh, trying to be a little polite with the uh, terminology. I like, uh, there's this thing where I like 40 plus year old ladies, uh, let's just say, uh, damn, I'm trying not to sound like a douche saying like jugs, the, the bonkers, but hey, you know what, fuck it, this is the misogynist pod, I love it, oh, 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 you got, oh, oh, you gotta love it, oh, yes, I do. And I can't wait to get to the bottom of it. 6 p.m. in New York. That's what that's off. But yeah. I like watching you run. With your boobs going all around. I'm pretty sure it's not a great feeling. I've had many forms of different types of tits in my life. And hey. You deal with the good and you deal with the bad. But there's always someone or something for you. Because, you know what they say, like, you know, for every hundred, for every hundred girls that find you ugly, there's one that thinks you're not so much ugly. And it works the other way. Even if, even if 250 girls in a row say, wow, he's a catch. One girl will be like, eh, I'll go catch another. Catch me if you can. That's kind of the way I play the game with the ladies. Catch me if you can. Because I'm just running from all responsibility at all times. Um, But yeah. (laughs) Just running from the unfulfilled promises that I've yet to make. And will never actually follow through with. But I can tell you one promise. When I have a beach house, I'm demanding that my lady run on the beach every fucking morning. I'm going to have my creepy binoculars out there. And hey, you got to gotta rub the good old patio with some, you know, pine saw, baby. It's pine saw, baby. Because, man, I will definitely uh, pine. I will go between the pines until you saw. Um, but, yeah, that was not a good play on words. That was highly, highly disappointing. But, yeah. Tank top tits. Honestly, I think if you wear tank tops, you can't sit here and say you're trying to protect your body image. For better or worse. Don't you know you know what's weird to me when someone's in great shape or they're very muscular or have great definition. And then someone walk and everyone's looking at their arms, everyone's looking at their chest, you know, not bragging. Someone makes compliments about your chest hair. And they get Oh yeah, why are you looking? It's like, dude, you're wearing a V-neck down to your sternum. Like, it's down to the top half of your abs. Like, you obviously wore this outfit because you want to show a little something. And when you show, I would be mad if I showed something and everyone ignored what I'm showing. If you're walking nude, if people just walk by and act like it's not there because, you know, it may... Kind of look like it's not. That's sadder than if someone just points at it 
and laughs at it. Like, no. It's like it's like the one song, you know. Tell me if nothing, like, the idea of nothing lasts forever. It doesn't literally mean that you, that, like, I would rather you feel something about me, whether it's terrible or great. Tell me you feel something. Because if it's nothing, the idea of nothing hurts me more than say I'm your worst mistake, your worst regret. Like, fucking just acknowledge my nothingness. So yeah, acknowledge my tits when I'm wearing my tank top. Is that so fucking hard to ask? I know, I know in the previous episode, I kind of ran it a little bit before I got a phone call. Um, still wondering if I'm going to air that or not. You know, I'll, you know, I'll ask the person permission, but whatever. I, I went on a thing where I was like, I get criticized no matter what the fuck I wear. Not the bitch about personal shit. It's not that personal, but this is for the body image folks. Like, yeah, you know, if I decide to dress up and I'm not a dress up type of guy and you, you, you acknowledge when I don't dress up and shit on me, then I dress up and you acknowledge and double down the shit on me. So you know what? If I decide to dress less and less, where I just like, fuck it. You don't like the ideas of the clothes I wear? Let me just show you the skin, baby. I'm not talking about the show Skins, where it's just, you know, teenage, you know. It's basically like the Rent version of, like, the actual movie Rent of for teenagers. Or it's basically like Euphoria before, you know, it was commercialized. Um... Yeah, look, if I'm wearing tank tops, if I'm wearing short shorts, if I'm going commando, guy or girl, you better acknowledge what I'm exposing. Like, the the word expose has such a negative connotation, like, oh, this person's been exposed as a phony KKK member. It's like, no, like, that's what they wanted. They're like, oh, Jesus, thank God, now it's all out there. And that's how I am. If I go commando, it's all out there. Just acknowledge it. The worst thing is to be like, oh, I didn't even notice. Oh, damn. That's a, that hurts to hear. But, uh, I wish you were here. Oh, Jesus. As I'm looking down at Commando. Um, but yeah, look. If I'm wearing, just acknowledge my tank top douchery. If I'm a guy wearing a tank top at the gym, you know what's up. If I'm a guy wearing a tank top at the grocery store, you know what's up. If I'm a guy wearing a tank top at the park, at the busiest times of day, you know what's up. Stare at me. I know there's something to stare at. There's a unique thing with me. The body composition. It's unique. (sighs) You know, I'm just tired of people that like wear very skimpy and wear... Like very revealing clothing. And they get mad. When people. Are actually acknowledging the revelation. Like what's the point. If you're like a Marvel. If you're like a. You know. An actor. In the Marvel universe. And it's basically guaranteed. That you're supposed to get jacked. 
Except Robert Pattinson, he's like, nah, fuck your steroids. I'm doing this the right way. Because I'm going to betray the Bruce Wayne type of characterization. I haven't seen the movie. But apparently there's, ironically, you know, this whole body. Oh, it's so, I was talking about bigger regular. Oh, this isn't good and healthy that uh, boys and young men have to, they see all these big ripped movie stars and all these people on the internet. And it causes insecurity of unrealistic standard. Robert Pattinson's like, you know what? I got you guys. I'm going to actually be a realistic standard of it. And then we're like, what the fuck are you doing, Robert Pattinson? Why are you not 240 pounds when your regular body frame is 148 pounds? Why aren't you juiced to the gills? Damn it, I keep on selling terminology. I'm sorry, more plates, more dates. But, like, he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to work out naturally. Get above my average fitness. But... I'm going to be fit, but I'm not going to go over the top with it. And people are like, oh, we see, he melded in. He just cashed a check. He didn't even go all the way. I at least respect the work ethic, all this shit. But the other actors that go, it's like, he's like, well, that's not really the whole point. Like, Batman the comic books isn't necessarily supposed to be fucking uh, Greg Piana or, you know, Jay Cutler, the bodybuilder. It's not supposed to be Kai Green. He's just supposed to be like, a really pretty fit dude. And ironically, we're talking about body image and men, body image, and Robert Pattinson's like, yeah, you know what? I like, I, you know what? I respect it. And I'm just gonna, a realistic average, you can work for this body image. And people are like, fuck you, Robert Pattinson. You meld it in. It's like, all right, what do we want? And all these comic boy fan book, this com- a comic boy, these comic book fanboys that do nothing but bitch about the Marvel and DC universe and the like type of uh, comic book type of universe where it's like, oh, the script sucks, the storyline sucks, and all this shit, and it's just basically who can who can curl the most ways, basically just a weightlifting thon. And then the guy's like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to focus on the character and what matters most. And you're going, what are you doing? So I don't know. I guess uh, we'll see if this is the twilight of his career. Oh, Jesus. And uh, I wonder if uh, it will be breaking dawn on his eclipse. Uh, okay. Got to stop. Oh, oh, you got oh, oh, to stop it, Clint. Uh, but look. If you, if you were running on the treadmill... And you were not working, working out. You were just moving the workout. And I know the whole purpose of you just to break a sweat is to, you know, to add a little extra natural filter for your picture later. It's like, you know what? I should be able to go up to you and be like, nice cleavage. The same way someone should go up to me and be like, wow, nice right titty. The left one could use a little bouncing out. Like, you know what? I would appreciate that. Be like, oh, I didn't know you were a swinger. And be like, no, there is no pineapple on my front porch. They're like, no, not that. And I'm like, I know. Eyes closed, just swanging. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. But look, it's free game. That's all I'm saying. If you're going to wear revealing clothing that reveals things about your intimate self, then just embrace it and be okay with it. I don't know. Maybe that's toxic. Because you know that you're toxic. 
Uh. I've always thought that sharks were kind of this dumb thing. Not that they exist, because obviously, you know, there's a purpose, I guess. But the whole fucking going under the water, swimming with sharks, scuba diving, deep diving, unlike this pod, where we used to do deep dives. This whole, like, swimming with the dolphins, swimming with sharks, swimming with the stingrays. You know we've gotten bored as a species, and we have found a way to make something so cost- Cause I know that shit can't be cheap. It's not like it's just like, yeah, you know, it's not like getting on a Ferris wheel. Like, yeah, you know, 10 bucks for the next, you know, the go around 12 times, you know, for five minutes. Like, I know that's like a fucking, like a timeshare type of shit. You know, this whole thing where we go swimming with the stingrays under the blue fucking water. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I just don't like it. Yeah, I said it. It feels like that's more like animal cruelty. Imagine you're just like sleeping in your bed. And there's just, you know, you. all right, now you're sleeping in your bed because, you know, it's a big ass ocean, right? So they're swimming around. It's kind of open season. But you would think like, hey, under here, we're protected from you fucks from ignoring the fuck out of us. All right, let's just say imagine... You're just in you're just sitting in your car in a parking lot, letting your car warm up. Let's just say you just turn your car on and you're just setting up your you know your podcast and you're setting up your music for the 38 minute trip for your you know to go to your destination. And you're sitting in your car for five to six minutes, and there's just like you remember the scene in the first Spider-Man where uh Peter Parker and his class, which, by the way, none of those people in the first Spider-Man looked like anything like a high schooler. Not at all. And I get it. It's a movie. And Tobey Maguire looked older anyways, but even the other people looked old as fuck. Like, it wasn't just, like, one guy looks Like, they all looked like they were, like, 27 and above. But whatever. Um, but, but they're in the museum... And you know how they're like all corralling to look down at the spiders. They're all corralling to look down at the different shit. They're all taking notes for their class trip and all this shit. Imagine you're just sitting in your car. And as you're looking, there's just like nine people around you. Just looking through your window, taking notes, curious, looking in. And you'd be like, what the fuck is your problem? What the fuck do you want? Are you about to rob me? Like, you'd be like, oh. Take my air tire pressure. Just take it. Ah, suck it out of me. Take my gas. It's like eight bucks a gallon. Just take it. Just take it. You freak out. You would have instinct. It'd be like protecting your house. You know, the second you hear someone get instincts coming, like get the baseball bat, chop the knees off. Uh, no lockout this year. Okay, but you'll be locked in jail even though you're defending your fucking home. Which, by the way, Cain Velasquez beating the fuck basically. He technically didn't kill, but it's technically called attempted murder when you beat a child molester that molested your four-year-old daughter apparently over like a hundred times. And I don't know how this weird shit happens where, like how does that even happen where someone molests a kid a hundred times and the kid lives at home? I don't know this home situation. 
But he beat the fuck out of this guy. Basically almost killed him. And somehow, in this court of law, in this world that we live in, somehow, in the law's eyes, it makes sense not to punish the dude who, somehow a guy who has a pedophilia history, a history of being an endangerment to kids and shit, uh, in and out on bail where he can afford to get out. And somehow... The guy who beats the fuck out of the guy for attempted murder or whatever the fuck. For beating the fuck out of this guy. Which, by the way, Cain Velasquez is like a former heavyweight MMA fighter. Like, I think he probably fought, fought like 250. Him and Junior Dos Santos used to have like a trilogy type of shit. Uh, very underwhelming when Fox tried to break down their main channel. Very underwhelming fight. Uh, but anyways. Imagine... And then you are going through trial in prison and he gets no bail, which is dumb that he's even being charged to begin with. Like, when does common sense be like the whole jury and all the lawyers are like, you know what? I think we get this one. We're, we're going to just kind of do the common sense thing and at the very least just not throw this guy in jail. So the daughter gets molested. The father gets revenge. Because he feels bad, probably in some way that he's not able, that he wasn't able to protect from this happening, all that shit. And the solution for the traumatized daughter is to throw her only protector in this world in jail for possibly the rest of his life. And the guy who actually committed the crime will probably not even go to jail. Because somehow, someone who created this situation, who's a fucking creep. It's somehow now the victim. When a little child was a victim of his actions. It's a fucking unreal world we live in. And that's why I don't care in the court of law when you want to talk about this shit. Just because shit actually is rule discernment court of law. That doesn't, make it, that doesn't mean it makes any goddamn sense. People only want to use the court of law and talk about conjuncture and talk about it's really just a technicality war in some of these cases. Where really, 98% of these cases could be simply solved if you were just look and be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, this guy definitely did this shit. There's overwhelming evidence. But no, we gotta have a jury with subjective opinions and free the people with quote unbiases, which every single person, no matter what you fucking think, has a bias in this shit in anything. Do I think more times are right, things are right in the courtroom? I think typically, I think more times than not, the right verdict comes to place. But for some reason, there's situations like this where it's overthinking. It's like, I understand you can't just go out here and just murder people and shit. But we can't say we're in this world to protect our children. And then when our children are not protected, uh, we somehow punish when People try to avenge and actually try to protect children. This is weird fucked up thing that I don't get. That's why when people always talk about protected children, protect children. And then you have Catholic priest church. You have a whole fucking decades and decades of internal child predation and training. And simply uh, mind, was it like mind hallucinating or whatever? But basically that like... Where these priests are just feasting on young, where they can 
where they can kind of uh, put, they can kind of train them the mind to convince them. And because the, kids are easily very, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Clint, get it together. Because obviously kids are very impressionable. And adults know that when adults take advantage of that for their creepy fucking shit, it's fucking unreal, right? But somehow in a situation where this guy, the actual fucking child predator, is not even going to go to jail. Somehow he's a victim of a situation where he raped a young girl a hundred plus times. Think about that. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Now what was I talking about? I forgot what I was fucking talking about. Not going to lie to you. Uh, but yeah, that shit, that shit just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It really doesn't. This pie got really heavy real quick. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Trauma. Gotta love it. Um, you know, I'm not a... I've always... What would it be like? Speaking of a jury... I've never had jury duty. I don't know if they would actually look. I don't know how they surmise jury duty. I don't think it's just as random. They put a generator of names and like, oh, here. Like, I feel like they actually, ironically, how can some be biased or unbiased? I should say, if you were picking people to be in the jury to begin with and your qualifications of making a fair jury is literally using the things that are not supposed to be a factor when you're hiring or when you're making judgments on anything that's supposed to be fair. And that is typically they pick people who they try to balance that now with race stuff. Depending on the type of case, you know. And I, well, I guess I can understand balancing the race aspect. Because if you have an all-white jury for a, you know, a very like black-on-black crime or certain type of things, there can be, and vice versa. There could be some internal biases. You don't know who's racist. You don't know who's got this. You don't know who grew up in this household, this environment, where they're from. But it's literally, it's literally like, by default, a jury by default is not unbiased because it, they're handpicked. And when you see these TV shows like Law and Order, I know Law and Order is just TV and all this shit. Like they, literally, part of the training for because I, I remember. In middle school, I used to have this class where it was called some bullshit, but it was really about just knowing the laws. It was actually where you learned a good bit of shit. You know, it was an actual education system. It's weird that I learned a lot more in seventh grade than I did, like, in that one year in that school than, like, the next five years combined. Gotta love it. Um, but it was, uh... It was, it was um... You know, part of the thing is when you do like a court process and you do all this, you know, you do trials and shit. Because we had to do like mock trials, like smaller extents, not like real, real mock trials. But it would be literally part of the game plan for attorneys would be to make arguments based off the quote unquote demographic or make arguments that are specific to their information because they they do deep reports on every single juror so they can hit certain points that they know hit the majority of jurors specific jurors that may be on the fence about some certain things and convince them not by actual information but by using 
little things here and there to capture their attention. It's really most of actual law and winning in court. It has very little to do with actual facts or information. That's why when people talk about, because you know what, if it was just about facts and information, you would not need to pay someone, what is it, like 500 bucks an hour for a visitation or pay a lawyer for six months. It would not take six months to prove, yeah, I did not shoot this person in the face. It wasn't me. It would not take six months to prove that if you didn't do it or if you did do it. Like, you wouldn't, I wouldn't need to pay a lawyer for something I didn't do. And, and I, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. If I'm innocent, to me, my theory is, if you are completely innocent and have nothing to do with whatever you're being accused of, you don't need a lawyer because they got to prove evidence that proves that you did it. And if you didn't do it, they can't have evidence to prove that you did it. Unless, of course, they're planning evidence and shit like that. That's a whole different game. To me, you would only need a lawyer if you know you did do it. And you got to find a way to finagle out of technicalities. Because if you didn't do it, you didn't do it. But, of course, what it goes to show is that the court of law is not really about always, quote, unquote, getting down to the truth. That's what it's supposed to be about. But most of lawyering is literally about learning how to win debates, how to argue. And learning how to argue and win debates isn't necessarily about strengthening your point. It's just about weakening theirs to where the other side loses too much credibility. But by default, yours is by default the stronger point. That's most of a tactic. Because if I have your blood on the glove, if I have your blood on the knife, if I have your fingerprints all over the AK-47 that you sprayed 12 people into J.C. Pennywood. And there's surveillance cameras because you decide not to wear a mask of any type. Because you, you're anti-masker. <laughs> not, not a good time to make a joke about that. But anyways, uh, it's... Uh, if I'm innocent, I'm not paying and going $40,000 in debt for my innocence. My innocence is the fact that I didn't do it. In my view, in my view, like if you don't have the, like if you're getting accused of something you didn't do and you're not, and you don't have the means to actually afford a real attorney and don't you fucking dare take whatever the court appointed attorney because the court appointed attorney is literally there to just make everything go smoother in the sense of they're going to work in the best benefit or is like pro bono where basically you have one assigned to you which is like oh well why don't you just spread my cheeks and they always just want to cut a deal because it just makes it easier it makes it you know less taxes all this shit whatever they're working the best interest of the court not in the best interest of your client to me if i didn't do something i'm innocent i'm representing myself and even if i did do something i'm representing myself I'm going to be one of those idiots that be like, I got this. I'm going to be cross-examining. You! Ah! Now you! You think your wife's a whore. It's like, you're telling this to the defense. You're telling this to the prosecutor. Like, what the fuck? I'm not even married. It's like, because you're a whore! <laughs> I'll be cross-examining, asking the dumbest questions. I'll be making it like, 
Uh, episode number 489 of the Off and Beat podcast. But, like, sir, you can't record a podcast in the middle of a trial. Of your own trial that you're being accused of. It's like, alright, guys, I guess we'll have to split this into two parts. <laughs> but, nah. Like, to me, and this Cain Velasquez beating the shit out of this dude, which I think... 100%, well, 90, unfortunately, 99.9% of people, for some reason, there's always this 0.001% that want to quote-unquote outthink the room, kind of like how our justice system now is, where they want to make it, it's like, well, two wrongs don't make a right. It's like, okay, well, how about 100 times molesting a young child? That's some, but that, I think that's a little different than two wrongs don't make a right. Two wrongs don't make a right is like, hey, I ran a red light and hit your car. Okay. So that doesn't give you a right to two months later be sitting outside my house, wait for me to back out my driveway and speed down with your charger 158 miles per hour and hit the side of my car to get payback. Like, yeah, that doesn't make it right. Okay. This situation, the problem is, is the fact that he had to take matters into his own hands. Because the actual court system and lawyers were able to get a pedophile off many times off before. That is the problem here. That's really the bigger problem. That shows honestly a bigger issue. Is that being a lawyer and being an attorney isn't about actually getting the right answer. It's just about pay me a lot of fucking money and I'll find a way. Which goes to show that... Money, oh, dreams money can buy. Like, literally, your innocence. I don't know. Going down a rabbit hole here. But, yeah. I guess I'll just say for that. Yeah. It's a... It's a... It's a pretty shitty... It's a pretty shitty type of situation. Because a situation, like, I would only imagine, like, if your dad, that happens to your daughter. I don't know how. I don't know the connection with the dude to the daughter. I don't know Whatever. It honestly don't really matter. It's disgusting for obvious reasons. But I wouldn't even I wouldn't even know what to do if you found out like your daughter was uh, I don't even want to put that out in the ether and repeat it, but yeah, you I wouldn't even know how you deal with that. Like you know, your your main duty as a father is to be provider and protector. And if you fail to do the main things, it's it's you feel like you failed on a massive epic proportion. There's this internal failure you feel, and on top of that, you don't really feel like your daughter's protected in this world, even when you pass on in this world. You're like, what the? F- what am I leaving my kids behind to? It's like even when bad things to this degree happen, there's not even a way to make it right. There's not even a way. To actually have incentives in society where this shit doesn't get repeated over and over again. I don't know, man. That situation just sucks, honestly. Not to get too serious here, but yeah. Cherry Starburst C4. Not gonna lie. I typically hate uh, I hate the obsessiveness with people and branding and shit. But I'll be honest, 
C4, the can that you get gas station energy, sponsored for today. C4 energy. Uh, when you add like a candy, like when you add like a candy type of, um, when you add like a candy logo, uh, candy company like a uh, go the ghost you know people know pre-workout for ghost is up but they have also like energy drinks as well and they have like sour patch kids flavors they have like blue raspberry and watermelon sour watermelon shit was good but the thing is it's if it was just blue raspberry sour watermelon I'm pretty sure they're not selling half as much as they do, but the second they have a partnership with Sour Patch Kids, and it tastes like it too, because it is, it changes everything of the perception of it. And I was thinking about this when I got this, because literally under, because they have Starburst Cherry and Starburst Pink Lemonade, or the pink one, and I'm going to move on, this is just going to be a quick thing, because it is about like labeling and branding and how much it actually matters. And partnerships is that literally under there's a there's a c4 just a regular c4 f- t- uh, basic flavor where it's just cherry and i'm pretty sure it doesn't taste that much different than this but the fact that this has starburst if i had to guess it probably gets like 80 percent more sales during however long they have this special edition thing going compared to their regular bullshit cherry flavor it's crazy it's crazy. Uh, and I also, one thing I'm tired. I am tired of getting shit on my for my phone. Because for the viewers and listeners out there, um, I'm pretty sure most people could be re- relate. If you have had a phone for extended period of time and people who have been in your life for a decent amount of period of time and some people that you don't see for a good while and then you see them, they're like, oh my God, you still have that Android Samsung? It's like... And I've had, I've had this phone since, like, I think literally, like, 2016 because of that fucking cunt Haley spilling her precipitated fucking dry-ass water. I know that's kind of contradicting, but... Uh, and I get a phone, had a whole thing with T-Mobile where, because I was on my mom's plan and it's under her name, I couldn't actually go... I went to the store and tried to buy a phone, and for some reason, you can't buy a phone... And I was like, I will pay out of pocket for the phone. You can put the service on what? Like, well, no. Only people that go buy the phone is ever the head of the plan. I'm like, well, it's just kind of not available right now. And I kind of need a fucking phone. And they're like, sorry. I'm like, huh. Well, fuck me. And they still are. Um, but when you have, of course, everyone's, you need to convert to iPhone. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, let, let me convert to a phone that you pay a thousand plus dollars over for. Cool. Um, let's pay for a phone that that is already in a monopolized type of situation where I have to literally buy a shitload of products to accommodate the iPhone. I have to change chargers, change adapters. I have to change my whole life and how it works. All because... I want to be mean. I can be angry. And I can be just like you with a fucking iPhone that I want to smash on the fucking ground. And, yeah, I have my typical phone that I pay 270 bucks for. Yeah. Just because. And guess what? 
Does it sometimes shut off randomly? Absolutely. Does it go slow at times? Maybe. Does it sometimes have a hard time connecting to Bluetooth? Is there sometimes a delay? Is there sometimes where if it's been on for 40 straight hours without me restarting it, is there a slowness, a delay? Yes, but can I still listen to my Spotify? Yes. Can I still watch YouTube? Yes. Can I still make a phone call if shit hits the fan? Yeah. Can I write notes in there when I have great title ideas for this podcast or great topic ideas for this podcast? Yes. So then what the fuck do I need another phone for? And honestly, for all these people that are telling me how much cooler, much more advanced their phone is, you don't even do anything to take advantage of the advancedness of your iPhone. You know why? I will be a quote-unquote basic bitch with my basic phone. Because, you know, if I go on a date, and I swear to God, if I were to go on a date and some girl be like, you have a Samsung, ha-ha, and I'd be like, ha, you, you, you pay your own bill, ha-ha, and I would get her Uber. Eats. Uh, and so, I just, uh, yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired of my phone slander. I can handle it. It seems like I'm just a butt of criticism. I don't have a jealousy. I don't know. I like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying like, the, I'm not saying I'm the, I have so much to be jealous of. What I am saying is that everyone's got a problem with me. They have a problem with my style, how I roll. This is how we roll. Uh, they have a problem with the music I listen to. They have a problem with my corny jokes. They have a problem just with my jokes. They have a problem with some things I may say on my podcast. You know what? They have a problem with just me. They have a problem with that there's holes in my book bag. They have a problem. Because it's me. And they say, oh my God, that's so sad. You, 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 you don't even have a bed frame. Huh, you need a new phone. Huh, your clothes suck. It's like, all right, I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry I don't fit your eye quota for what you feel a beautiful man like me deserves. I'm sorry you feel I'm under, I've, I, I'm sorry that you feel I'm not, quote unquote, treat myself better. I'm sorry that you don't feel that, uh, maybe you think I'm doing this because it's a tactic because I don't feel I'm deserving of more. Maybe that's it, you know? Maybe, Maybe it's this internal psycho thing with myself where I don't feel like I deserve better. I deserve the sadness. I deserve routineness. I deserve to just be boring That's what I deserve. I don't deserve to grow. I deserve to be stuck in my one way of thinking the rest of my life. Maybe that, maybe it is a deeper issue that I don't realize. Or, you know what else it could be? It could just mean you're unhappy fucks. I'm sorry I could be happy with holes in my jeans. I'm sorry I could be happy with clothes that may, may not have holes in the armpits. 
I'm sorry that I like my Superman shirt with a ripped collar because I ripped it at the gym one time because I was having a hard time, you know, doing pull-ups and I got frustrated. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I don't need to upgrade my phone. I'm sorry that Sam hasn't sung the seven-year itch for me to find something better. I'm sorry when you guys get married, you'll get the seven-year itch. And your justification for cheating on your husband or wife will be because I just need to upgrade, upgrade. That's a Destiny's Child song, wrong, right? Or is it Beyonce? Well, same thing. Uh, there's no Destiny without the child. Congrats. Uh, but yeah, look, grab my cheeks. <laughs> That's a real inside joke. She didn't get too inside, but oh, I was shredding the lettuce on the prep table. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, Clint, what's wrong with you? Anyways, I'm sorry. I am just happy. I'm sorry. I, I'm okay with my monogamous lifestyle. And you just want to be out here with four at a time type of mindset. You want to say polygamy's the one that's natural in this type of comparison. But, you know, monogamy's not natural. It's like, I don't know. I'm happy doing the same routine every day. I'm happy not thinking about how much I wear. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the stability and the non-fanciness of my phone. Did I lose all my data randomly? Absolutely. Did I lose four years of beautiful, beautiful raps and lyrics? Absolutely. But you know, sometimes, I, you know what happened the day? I shrugged my shoulder and I said, what are you going to do? And because I know I can make more on the spot if I'm fine, I know I'll be fine. But why aren't you fine that I'm fine? Except my tank top titties. Fuck. Guys, uh, you know, this criticism, you know, the more and more I'm starting to really sympathize with Russell Westbrook. The death threats with Westbrook are stupid. Like, come on. Obviously. But I'm starting to really feel like, you know, I like I get the whole athlete shit. Like, oh, uh, it's just like, it's just criticism, all this shit. And people say, that just, I love when people say that just comes with the job. And that's what all this. It's like, you know what? I, I hate when people say that just comes. No, it only comes with the job because it's just been accepted as a whole with the job. Like, imagine if someone, like, well, at my job, if I'm not doing a good job, it's like, oh, really? At your job, if you're not doing a good job, do you have 18,000 people sitting there saying, suck my balls, or making chants about, you know, you fucking busting Rachel Nichols open, and then you laughing at the free throw line? Jimmy Butler is a menace, by the way. Jimmy Butler is a fucking menace. Um... Well, she got her story at least. Uh, Let's just say, uh, well, she does kind of like the redheaded Kesha. She's going timber, and he's like, "Woo, you need the dance and cat on the team." Okay, Clint. But yeah, look, I find it, I find it interesting when people try to say, "Oh, it's just part of the job." People tell you that you're a piece of shit on on this earth. It's like. I don't think so because he missed a couple label layups and makes turnovers. Imagine if someone's at your job. You, you know what would happen? You know what happens when people yell when a customer or a consumer, people like this say, 
Imagine if you're just waiting at McDonald's, right? And let's say you ordered a Big Mac, just a Big Mac, and it's like three minutes. And you're over there at the counter, and you see the dude putting the buns on the toaster. You're like, hey, asswipe. You better make it good. It's not enough sauce. You'd be like, shut the fuck up. And everyone else would look at you. And be like, dude, what the fuck is your problem, man? And people say, well, you know what? When you pay $35 million, it's like, really? If Jeff Bezos is walking on the sideline, or Elon Musk, or if anyone with any amount of means of money is just walking, you're just going to sit there and just fucking just say the most wildest and foulest shit just because of how much someone makes? Imagine someone at your job. I don't know. Whatever your job is. Let's say you work at a mechanic shop, right? Let's say you're a mechanic. You know, if you're a mechanic at a mechanic shop, you know. Um, let's say through the window. Someone's watching you. You know, and I get it. It's always weird, like, when you at a car shop and someone is just, like, grazing down, watching every single move you're making. It's like, bro, I'm just propping, I'm just popping the hood. Relax. And they're looking like, hey, you know, I changed my oil two weeks ago. There should be. It's like, hey, man, we got it. All right. Let us change your engine. Your oil in your engine is the least of your problems right now. And they're sitting there watching your every fucking move. And what if some guy in the waiting room is just like banging on the door like it's hockey? Like, hey, hey. You've been taking fucking forever, man. There's no other cars. Should have been done like 15 minutes ago. And someone's just hounding your ass. Well, you're trying to just do your job. Of course you're going to have a douchebag attitude. Be like, no, fuck off. You know what? If you knew how to fix your engine, you wouldn't be having another man fix your engine. All right? And we'll sit here, how much of a piece of shit I am, when you're literally paying me to fix your shit because you don't know how to fix your shit. You're watching me play basketball at a high level because you can't play basketball at probably any level. You're not even good enough to show that you suck. But the more and more, I'm starting to feel like Russell Westbrook. Everywhere I go, it's this pile-on thing. And it, I find it I find it really funny because I saw Stephen A. Smith go on. Like, you know, the death threats are inexcusable. You know, all this shit. Like, you know, all this stuff. You know, this is not acceptable what's coming towards Westbrook. It's like, oh, really? Like, Stephen A., like, you didn't portray in the media, you and all these debate talk shows where every day you fucking talk about the Lakers, and every day it's just blame Russell Westbrook, blame Russell Westbrook, which is fine. Like, I get it. He hasn't been part of the solution. He hasn't played that well. That's not really the problem that I have with what's all this shit. But when you're saying all this shit coming towards him and his family is inexcusable, it's like, well, you literally... You know the power of your words in media. And it's funny how the media won't take responsibility when they kind of basically led this word of riots. It's basically a word of riots in this pile on culture we live in. 
And they are surprised when they pile on for months and months and months on an individual. It makes someone a scapegoat. And the fans see on TV and they're like, yeah, Russell Westbrook, this sucks, all that. And they're surprised when they go over the top with it, even though you started this whole fucking storm. And, of course, they take no responsibility for even, like, hey, maybe we should chill out on, like, we like we got to, like, yeah, look, he he needs to be traded, released, whatever. He's not playing well enough. Should he be benched? All that stuff is fine to talk about. But to sit here and act like you had you guys had no fucking part in the media and creating this media storm that led to death threats, that led to everything that's kind of going on with him now, and him finally speaking out and be like, fuck you guys. You know what? Yeah, I'm not going to bring my kids to this piece of shit in place. Fuck you guys. It's like, you want to chant, name, cool? Um, and look, I don't think the West Brick like nickname is the worst thing in the world. Like, But anytime you do start like literally changing people's names and you're making it in a negative name when that is a last name of his father and a family generation lineage. Like, yeah, like a dude does have a right to be like, hey man, like you want to say brick, like I'm bricking shots, cool. But when you start literally including my name, like in that shit, like that is kind of fucked up and weird. Uh, that is kind of disrespectful to an extent, but I'm not even that like drawn out about the Westbrook thing. But in terms of this media storm of this pile on thing, and then the media plays victim. Somehow the people is it's 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 funny how the people that play the biggest victims when things happen and all of a sudden have these virtuous great ideas of what's wrong and the fans shouldn't be doing this and yet they basically created this storm where the fans piled on and they got behind everything you guys are saying and they're acting like jackasses because you guys have basically been acting like jackasses towards an individual who's just playing basketball, maybe not playing at a level Maybe underperforming, and that is fair. But you got honestly like the Stephen A's, even Skip Bayless, and all these debate shows, these morning sports shows, radio, where literally everyone, not one person, is out here supporting Russell Westbrook in any type of capacity. No one's like, no one's ever like, hey, you know, maybe a lot of this shit's just a little bit, like a bit too much, just a little. The way we we had this sports criticism and type of shit, it has gotten it has kind of gotten to a point where it it really is dehumanizing. And people say it's just basketball, it's just criticism. It's like a lot of the shit you hear, you, you hear the shit. It's not about the game specifically. They may use a specific part of the game to make a bigger point about what their problem personally is with them or with an individual. And they making some bigger thing than it is, and they make it like, like, like when people talk about Lamar Jackson, right? They will use a specific type of stat. They will use certain things as a kind of like a passage. They they will kind of use it as kind of like a bridge to, well, you know, uh, because of his, you know, against uh, when teams have faced him. More than twice in a year, they figure him out. So that means it's not that he's not smart. It just means that he doesn't adjust well, which means he's not good at the line, which means, you know, it's not saying that black quarterbacks aren't this. It's just this. And it's like, well, first of all, of course, the more you play teams, 
teams are going to adjust and play better against you the next time, more times than not, if you're beating the shit out of them the first time. Like, it's called, it's the NFL. They're going to adjust. But it's funny how when people want to make, they, they use certain, they'll use stats, they'll use things as a gateway to really say what they really want to say and get some secret rhetoric shit off. Um, and when I can predict your quote-unquote hot take, it's not really hot. Um, it's pretty like, oh, okay. It sounds about right coming from this person. Um, but yeah, look, it's funny the Stephen A's are playing victim of this is inexcusable, you know. Uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, like I shout out to his family. We need, we mean nothing but disrespect. I mean, we mean nothing but uh respect around here and all this. It's like, man, honestly, fuck, like fuck off with this bullshit. You guys literally created this storm that caused the result of what Westbrook is pissed about. Say what you want. And I'm not even the biggest Westbrook fan. I haven't really been watching basketball, but I know what's been going on. I'm fucking wearing a Lakers hat. But, you know, I, I just think about, and tying it back to the whole thing to begin with, even though Russell Westbrook has a pretty cool style. Um, Stop cramping my style. Like, embrace me for who I am. Love me, accept me for what I bring and what I am. Stop shitting on my accessories. Stop shitting on my clothes. Stop shitting on my phone. Stop shitting on my podcast. <laughs> no one shits on my podcast. It's undeniably, it's undisputably undeniable. By the way, top 250 officially in comedy podcasting worldwide. Worldwide. Numbers don't, you know, say numbers never lie. That's why you convert it to centimeters. <laughs> that's a, that's inside. Well, it's not inside. The guys will get it. Um, <laughs> but look, man, I think one thing me and Russell Westbrook have in common, other than our godlike physiques, is just that we both, you know, we can handle shit. We ignore the crit. But at a certain point, it's like, you know what, man? Don't play victim to the criticism you put on me. Everything you criticize me about is a reflection on your inadequacies, more than likely. Um, look, and look, we're probably, our, our net worth is just probably a few, it's probably a few decimals off from each other. Um, but other than that, I think me and Westbrook have a lot in common. I mean, I can't, you know, I can't, sh- I would probably shoot 28% from three. Um, Actually, I don't know. My prime, I probably, honestly, think of my pure prime, if you put me on an NBA court and I was just a spot up dude, like when I was shooting a thousand shots a day for a long time, like back in the heyday, and I had the stroke going, I honestly think I could, I could have hit like a 35% clip realistically. I know that's not the greatest percentage for a spot up type of dude. But that's NBA, you know, league average. That's pretty good. 35% is passable. But look, um, I, I relate to Westbrook in a lot of... I, I relate to Westbrook, you know? And I know from the looks and our lives, 
there's probably not much me and him you would think we have in common. But hey, you know, we all just, we both take unwarranted shit. And I'm not saying, like, look, I'm not saying, I'm, and I'm pretty laughable about it. Like, you want to find shit on my clothes, shit on my phone, I'll, I'll bite back. But, like a little bite muffin back. <laughs> It's always done with those little bite muffins. They taste so fucking good. But they only, they used to put six in a bag. Then they downgraded the five. And I think it went down to four. And recently, I opened a bag when I run over to my mom's house. I snuck a bag out of the pantry. And there was three fucking muffins. Something about the blueberry. They're just shortchanging. I guess, uh, I guess, uh, the muffin is not on top. As Beyonce would say, muffin on top, love on top. It's all the same because I love them both. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, I guess I'll conclude today's episode. Or conclude this subject matter. In the sense that me and Westbrook, dear Westbrook. If you need to call someone, need to hit someone up, need a little advice, I'm your man. If you want to come on the Off and Beat with Clint Nelson podcast, I don't know how to do guests yet, but I'll fucking figure it out with you, my friend. You could tell you could tell it all here. You don't need this mainstream media, these same outlets that shit on you all the time. Not here. Say your piece. You can be my Aaron Rodgers to my Pat McAfee. Well, I'll be Pat McAfee. You be Aaron Rodgers in this situation. Um, but yeah. So... Uh, I guess to wrap up the pod, here's what you could take away from today's episode. Um, I'm going to look at your privates and tits if you're running on the treadmill or just running on the beach. If you're just running or it, look, if you're just revealing you yourself, I'm going to reveal my eyes to your revelation. Um, Cain Velasquez should honestly get like a medal of honor for being the fuck out of a guy who molested his four-year-old daughter, um, and trying to think, oh yeah, people that shit on me, um, sounds like a you problem, and Russell Westbrook, you got a friend in me, cause I don't toy with your story, I'm your Andy, you can rub the name off my boot any day. All right. That is episode 124 of the Off and Beat podcast with Clint Nelson. Follow the podcast on all apps. Don't forget the notification bell. Like, comment, subscribe. Tell a friend. Keep the plays going. I appreciate the support. Appreciate the consistency. And suck some titties. Enjoy. Probably last pod I'll be recording in like a week. That's what happens when you backload three or four episodes. You're welcome. Gotta keep it. Gotta keep going. Gotta keep it going. Tank top titties. Can I get a tank top with a shot of titties? I don't know, baby. Can you? Baby.